jumper on the way. Good! Tyus Battle nails the three! Dungey leaps and into the end zone for Dungey. A touchdown! If that's not on every highlight show tonight, then I, I don't know who's watching. Powered for Soaring through the air! High-flying Slovakian! Screen pass here, he'll get one. And he stays alive and he's got room to the 10. One man to beat, he'll do it. Touchdown, Syracuse! And for Syracuse, party time. The upset, pulled by the Orange. They defeat Clemson 27 to 24. The penetration, step back. Oh, a pressure bucket for Tyus Battle. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Powered by Drivers Village and Hummel's Office Plus. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Seth Goldberg. I'm Stephen Fonte as we're coming to you live from the Sirius XM radio headquarters in Midtown Manhattan. 315-437-7644 is the number if you'd like to get involved. We're with you up until 2 o'clock. Going to talk a lot of SU basketball on the show today. A lot of Q's football. Chris Carlson from Syracuse.com and the Post Standard will join us at the top of hour number two. He's down uh, covering both uh, the basketball games and the football game uh, for Syracuse.com. So we'll get his thoughts. And, and Seth, I, I saw you after the SU game. You were depressed because you weren't going to get to see the Orange take on Bowl Bowl and the Oregon Ducks. I was and lo and behold, we get the matchup we all wanted. Yes, everybody ended up with the matchup everybody wanted. It's just at 4.30 in the afternoon instead of at 7. And you know what? Uh, not the worst thing in the world. For the fans, it might be. For those who have to work for, anyway for down us, here. For us, fantastic. For us, it's fine. A little extra time to, to get some things done tonight so we're not up against our deadlines. But, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how that affects the crowd. And for those that actually have jobs down here in New York City, will they be able to get out and get to the garden? It was a late arriving crowd last night. Some of that had weather. to do with the weather. Yeah. Uh, it did fill in nicely. Um, but we have so much to get to in regards to this this Syracuse basketball game from last night, and obviously going into this one uh, tonight, we get the nationally ranked showdown between number fifteen and number thirteen tonight. It's just it's coming at four thirty in the consolation game, and not the championship game of this event. But we want to hear from you. We're going to talk a lot of Cuse basketball here in hour number one at three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. Where do we begin with with Syracuse UConn from last night? What stood out to you? I guess. See, you could start with the good because there was like one really good. Interesting in the that game. you would start with the good. I wasn't going to start with <laughs> no, the good. I know, but no, you're no, being no, kind. no. I'm, I'm, I'm saying you could, but it's so much easier to start with the bad well, because yeah, there was just so is. much more of it. Uh, I didn't think Ty's battle played very well. I didn't think Elijah Hughes played very well. O'Shea Brissett didn't play very well. Uh, Pascal Chukwu was getting worked offensively and defensively. Uh, they came out flat. There, there's so much bad to get to with that game um I, I mean everything went as bad as it could except for Jalen Carey and even Jalen Carey at the start of the game looked like he was in for for a lost night but it, it seems like they really came out flat and then they never were able to um figure it out they were never they were they were never able to uh jump start and kick start the team and and you ended up with this flat performance it felt like all night long the, the first words out of Jim Beheim's mouth when he sat down at the, the post-game press conference at the podium, the first words out of his mouth were, they played harder than we did, and they wanted it more. 
And that's exactly what, what I saw, and I know that's what you saw as well, that, that UConn went out, and, and, and some of that is, is reflective of, of their head coach, Danny Hurley. I mean, this is, this is a different UConn team than we've seen in recent years. They got after it on the defensive end, and, and frankly, you know, Syracuse, let's be honest, wasn't really prepared for that at the start of the game. Now, they got better with it as the, as the game moved along. Jalen Carey, in particular, had four turnovers right off the bat, went out, came back in. He finished with six turnovers, so he only had two the rest of the way. They handled it better as the game went on, but UConn got in their face. They pressured them. They were relentless on defense all night long, and they took Syracuse, you know, at times took Syracuse out of what it wanted to do. You know, you mentioned that comment from Jim Beheim though we they played harder than we did uh you know that that kind of comment right off the bat the one that I heard that was I thought was a little more interesting came a little bit later when he said that's the kind of team they are we're not that kind of team and completely and that, agree with it no but but that struck me as weird like what why why would you this is gonna come off this might come off wrong but why would you have a team say we're not the kind of team that hustles he wasn't saying that they weren't a team that hustles. I, my take on it was he, he was saying that we're not, you know, in, we're not in your, in your face, face aggressive. We're not right. We're not in your face aggressive. Like when I think of in your face aggressive from the old Big East Louisville. days, I think of Georgetown. I think of Louisville. I think of Pittsburgh. I think of those three teams that anytime you played them, no matter what the year was, no matter what the name on the back of the jersey said, you knew what you were in for that night. It was going to be physical. There were going to be a lot of fouls. You know, you were going to get pushed around, and you had to push back, and and that is what this this reincarnation of UConn is, in in my opinion. You look at that team last night, and again, Danny Hurley stalking the sidelines, and you know, chest bumping his players, and I mean, it, they took after the coach. They did, they did, and they have all bought in. They talked about that in the post game press conference that they've all bought in, and that is evident. And so, I don't think. Jim Beheim was was delivering a knock on his team. I think he was he was being honest, which is Syracuse is not that. They are more finesse than they are what we saw last night out of UConn. Right, and there, you know, not everybody can be like that. You know, not everybody can be Georgetown and Pitt and and Louisville. You know, Louisville wasn't really old school Big East, obviously, but more yeah, recent. Right, you could throw them in the conversation. But when I think of you know toughness and the old school Big East, I think of Georgetown and Pitt. And we saw that kind of play out of UConn last night. And Syracuse wasn't ready for it. No, they, they weren't ready for it at all. And it's surprising because we talked about the game yesterday, and you brought up the first thing you brought up about UConn is Danny Hurley is going to get up in your face. And, uh, you know, it wasn't just his players last night. He was getting up in your face. And, and you know, I, I thought it was interesting that the players really took after Danny Hurley. And, and this is the same UConn team that we saw last year that was lifeless, that, that was, what, 12 and 20? Last season, I mean, they were terrible last year, and yet here they are. They look like a totally new and remade team, and after the game, I, I, was, I was impressed with Danny Hurley, and I, and I know that a lot of Syracuse fans are, are mad at him, are annoyed with him, think he's you know too arrogant, too out there, uh, too outspoken, whatever it may be. I was impressed with Danny Hurley more so after the game than anything I saw on the court. I mean, he came out and he was like, look, the, these guys came to play. We, you know, they, they lived up to, to the moment, to the team they were playing, to the building they were playing in. Um, I, I thought it was interesting when the players were asked, did you feed off your coach's energy? That they were like, yeah, of course we did. Danny Hurley did exactly what he wanted to. And it was to get his players amped up to get Syracuse uncomfortable. And it worked really well. And I, I tell you what, you say this is the same Syracuse or the same UConn team that Syracuse saw last year. 
El Tariq Gilbert makes a big difference. He out was there. great. He was fantastic. He hit maybe the biggest shot of the game, that really deep three with the shot clock winding down when Syracuse got back within within two possessions. 16 points for him, eight assists in 28 minutes of action. He was terrific. And, and the way that he, he got after Jalen Carey and pressured the basketball right off the jump, he kind of set the tone. Yeah, Dan really set the tone, but I thought – Eltery Gilbert, the way that he got after Jalen Carey in those first few minutes, and, and it led to four turnovers, it led to some easy baskets, it set the tone for the rest of the way. And I know Syracuse came back, and, and you know that 11-4 to 4 start or whatever it was, that didn't decide the game, but it set the tone. And it, it goes back to what you and I talked about on the show yesterday. I said, if you're Syracuse, don't let this become like a grinded-out like defense. Like Don't play into UConn's hands. And UConn forced the issue right from the start and and Syracuse kind of played into UConn's hands in that first half and then you knew it was going to be nip and tuck the rest of the way which which it was and down the stretch UConn made some really big shots those two deep threes in particular and Syracuse didn't UConn made 12 threes Syracuse made six that's yeah, a big I, difference in a game like that. I thought that, that was a, a huge difference in the game I, uh, because that was, the, that was the difference, right? They, they started hitting three-pointers, and they were hitting contested threes. They were hitting, uh, they were hitting deep threes. I mean, it, it felt like at one point every shot that, was, that they were taking was going in. Um, you know, Syracuse didn't play well defensively, but UConn was really just hitting everything last night that they took. And, and at some point, there's not too much you can do. I mean, they, they were getting hands in people's faces, and the shots were still falling. I said 11-4. It was actually 13-4. It was 11-4, and then uh, UConn made a 13-4 before Syracuse uh, was able to close the gap. And, again, didn't decide the game, but in a way it did because it no, was – No, it set the tone. It, it set was... the tone that this was going to be – you know, UConn was going to kind of dictate how this thing went, and Syracuse uh, was unable to make the shots you know, uh, down the stretch. You know, and I'm, I'm curious, and I asked O'Shea Brissett about this after the game, and, and it didn't seem to be a, a factor, but they were really late getting to the arena last night. I mean, they didn't hit the court until there were 20 minutes left on the clock. They were really late getting I, to the arena. I saw this, and I, I don't know who reported it, so I apologize for that, but I saw that uh, their commute from their hotel was supposed to be about 20 minutes. They got stuck in traffic and weather, and in a 20-minute commute turned into 90 minutes. Right. So they got there a lot late. It wasn't they just did. a little late. No, it was they, a lot later they than were they there. Re- they got there really late. I mean, I was out on the court, and, and I know you were in the building too, and I, and I don't know you know where, where you were in the building, but I was out on the court with about an hour until tip-off, and UConn's out there. They're going through layup lines. They're going through shoot whatever it might have been and Syracuse wasn't there and you know again I'm not saying that's the reason for the slow start but like kind of piece two and two together you don't go through your normal warm-up routine you don't go through your your normal everyday kind of uh drill and and Takes oh, you out and, also, and also by the way you're sitting on a bus for 90 minutes sure <laughs> you know, takes, it, it takes you out of your rhythm, right. and, and oh, by the way, UConn smacked him in the mouth to start the game. I mean, exactly. it, was, it was a combination of those two things. All right, 315-437-7644. Let's go to the phone lines. Uh, John in Syracuse kicking us off on the show today. Hey, John. Hi. You know, if, uh, if Connecticut wanted this game more than us, that's pretty bad, and that doesn't say anything for us. And now, after that, you know, it's not looking very well for a successful weekend. I mean, with, with Oregon being a favorite tonight, and let's face it, Notre Dame is probably out of the question. I'm looking at an 0-3 weekend, unfortunately. I'm very disappointed. All right, John, appreciate you checking in. D- don't forget, it, w- it would be a 1-3 and three a, weekend. because cheery, the, as always. The SU women won. Um, no, listen, uh, 
yes, UConn is, or Oregon is favored tonight. It, it's a point and a half. This is a toss-up game tonight. Yes. And, you know, both teams had a disappointing effort. I mean, that, that Oregon game was essentially an instant replay of the Syracuse-UConn game. Oregon did not shoot well, shot about 35% from the field. Uh, Iowa got a lead. You, you know, Oregon, I keep wanting to call them UConn. Oregon kept chipping away. They'd make but they it, were never they'd really in the game. Kind of sort of close, and then Iowa would make a shot. And we saw the same thing last night in that Syracuse-UConn game where, you know, UConn started to extend the lead. Syracuse would get back to within two or three possessions. UConn would extend the lead, and they, they just never could get over the hump. Oregon, you know, same thing happened to them last night. So this is a toss-up game tomorrow. We will get into the football game in hour number two. Yeah, it's a tall order. I mean, this is essentially like playing Clemson. It really is. Yes. I mean, Notre Dame is that good. So if you thought Clemson was a tall order, Notre Dame is a tall order, and, and we'll leave it at that. Um, Syracuse has a, has a really good chance tonight, and they, you know, this is going to come down to, yes, it's a physical, you know, basketball is a physical game. It's going to come down to the physicality of it. But to some degree, tonight's going to be mental as well. Which team can just put behind them the fact that they had a disappointing effort last night and in less than 24 hours, they're back on the court playing a nationally ranked opponent with a chance to salvage the weekend, as John put it. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be really important. These two teams are still really highly thought of they're still going to be in the top 25 that doesn't change because they lost these these games last night but you have to look at which one is going to bounce back faster and whichever one's going to bounce back and come out playing well off the start I would think he's going to win and you know it, it is you know is one team more talented than the other I don't know they're basically at the same place in the rankings you know they're, they're thought of at a, as about the same level of team uh, it should be a really good game it should be a close game I'm not writing this one off at all uh, not by a long shot. I'm not writing this one off as uh, you know as as far as Syracuse goes. But yeah, it, it's going to be tough to to you know go win tomorrow. I, I don't think anybody's been saying otherwise all week long. But to to just say that today's a a lost cause and and that they're going 0 for three on the weekend is just a really pessimistic view of 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 everything. And, and for what it's worth. Um... Syracuse has had a lot of success with that zone against teams from the Pac-12. Again, for whatever that's worth, and Oregon went 6 for 19 from three-point range last night. So if that continues, if they shoot 30% from three, they're not going to win. I think Syracuse has a really good chance to win this game. Then again, Unlike UConn last night, UConn went 12 for 21 right, from three-point range. They that's shot 57%. almost 60%. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, uh, I mean, they were They, they shot were better from everything. three than they did from two. So when that happens, you're going to be in a little bit of trouble. And, uh, you know, UConn played great on both sides of they, the ball. They were incredible. Uh, UConn was incredible last night. Uh, they shot the ball incredibly well. They they had made 22% of their three-pointers in the first two games of the season. They hit 60, uh, 57% last night. They played a great game. They came out and, and punched Syracuse in the mouth. They came out with far more intensity than Syracuse had at any point in the game. And then they made shots. Uh, I mean, I, they... There's not too much more to say about what UConn did. They they came in and, and played a fantastic game. And they rebounded. They did. Plus 14 on the glass. So you combine plus 14 on the glass with Syracuse shooting 39% to UConn's 49%. UConn making twice as many threes. I, I mean, that's that's how this adds up to a seven-point loss for the Orange. And, and, you know, it's, it's early, so you chalk this one up to a learning experience. Um, but... I, you know, and, and maybe you'll go back to this game towards the end of the season and say, you know what, that game in the garden was really good for us. It you know, woke us up, showed us what we needed to work on, so on and so forth. Um, but it was, a, it was a learning lesson last night. UConn played very well. Syracuse did not. And I didn't think Syracuse handled 
the second half all that well when when they were in danger zone when you felt like UConn was on the verge of extending the lead and they needed a basket uh, Syracuse just didn't have an answer we are going to take our first I was going to say let's take our first time out here because I do want to get into that there were stretches in the second half where Syracuse reverted back to to what it looked like and what it did last year. 315-437-7644. We're just getting started on a Friday edition of Orange Nation. We're coming to you live from the XM Radio Headquarters, Sirius XM Radio Headquarters in Midtown Manhattan. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. Live from New York City, this is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Yeah. Taking on Notre Dame at Yankee Stadium tomorrow afternoon at 2.30. We did have a caller earlier in the show, Seth, ask us whether or not the field was covered at Yankee Stadium. Uh, and one of our loyal listeners uh, sent me a tweet with a picture of them uh, pulling the tarp off the field. So apparently the, the field was. Was, was covered yesterday. So you have your answer to that question. Uh, hopefully our, our caller uh, is still listening. And uh, it's a it's a balmy 46 degrees in New York City right sun now. sun is shining. looks I've very got my, nice outside. I've got a winter jacket. I, I don't know if I'm going to wear it. Yeah, it's still cold. 46 is still cold. No? I've got a jacket on. All right. It's still t- you're in a sweater you walk into the garden from here no i'm taking the subway okay see if you were walking like <laughs> there's I a am. subway there's a subway right beneath us that lets off at the garden why would you well, walk well i'm walking because i'm going back to my hotel and then walking from the hotel to the garden ah, gotcha. in any event i will be wearing my coat uh, you can go coatless if you would like i might um all right so i know you you picked syracuse to cover yes think syracuse is gonna win no no i don't all right I, lay out the blueprint that syracuse wins this game uh, Eric Dungy plays like he did against NC State. The defense plays like they did against Clemson. And you win a game where you're spreading the ball all over the field and you lock down Notre Dame's offense. It's and as easy as that. Yeah, but I but but how many games has that defense been as good? But the thing is, how many de- how many games has the defense been as good as they were in cl- against Clemson? I would say none. Right, I, I don't think they were as good as that Florida game. State game. They played Florida, great, but Florida okay, State wasn't very. But it was good. also Florida State, yeah. and they were terrible at the time. UConn, they were very good, but it's UConn. You know, uh, the the FCS game, they were good, but it's an FCS team. So I think that you you've got to play as well as you did. Let's say the Florida State and the the Clemson games, and Eric Dungy has to be able to throw the ball. And and in the the only time he's really thrown the ball really well this year, where he's been a a really above average pass passer has been the NC State game. I, I don't think you can beat this Notre Dame team as a one-dimensional team. I, I don't think you can beat them only having a passing game or only having a rushing game. You've got to have some of both. And and that means that Eric Dungy's going to have to throw the ball. That means Mo Neal and Dante Strickland and Jarvie and Howard are going to have to get the job done on the on the ground. And, oh, by the way, Jamal Custis, uh, Taj Harris, uh, Nikeem Johnson, Sean Riley, Devin Butler, who has disappeared, but whoever you want to throw out there, they've got to catch the ball. And they've got to make plays when the ball is is put in the right spot. So it, it takes a team effort, but everything's got to go as right as it possibly can, I think, to go beat this team because we saw it was so close at Clemson. They were so close to getting everything right, and they didn't win. So how perfect do you have to be to beat one of these teams? You have to get it all 
perfect. And they've got to win the turnover battle, and that's something they've obviously done all season long. They've yet to lose the turnover battle. Uh, they were even in two games, and they, they've won it the rest of the time. So 10 games in, they've won the turnover battle eight times. How about and, special and was, teams? I know, was, I know you were always going to bring that up. I mean, Literally they, just about to they, say. They've lost special teams once this year, and they went to double overtime in that game. And in the Clemson game, if you remember, there was that muffed punt that, that helped turn yep. the tide. Again, Clemson was in control. They muffed the punt, and then Syracuse took advantage. Custis had the recovery at the 10-yard line. They get points out of that, and it was a, it was a gift for an offense that was, was struggling at that time. They're going to need to force some mistakes, and they're going to need to be able to take advantage of those mistakes. And, and yes, the special teams has been rock solid all year long. You know, Andre Schmidt, he makes virtually every kick Don't tell that he Julian. out there for. I know. Julian's come around. Julian's with me. I mean, the fact that that he is so automatic. Uh, and again, w- will he be automatic tomorrow? It's going to be, you know, 45 degrees and it's going to be cold. They're going to be outside. They're not used to playing outside all that much. And when they have played outside, they've played down south. I mean, they they played at Wake Forest. You know, Pittsburgh obviously was was not down south, and and the you know there some weird for that game there, were yeah. a little bit funky. Um, but at Western Michigan, the the weather was fine. That was in August. Uh, they played at Clemson at Wake Forest. This is. You know, kind of a new thing for this team. Uh, you know, the weather's going to be colder. It's going to be outside. It's going to be natural grass. It'll be interesting to see, you know, how Andre Schmidt uh, handles that situation. But, yes, they're going to have to win the special teams. They're going to have to win the turnover battle. The, the thing that concerns me, I think, the most about Notre Dame, there's so many things to be concerned about, but the thing that concerns me the most is something Chris Carlson brought up, and that is their, their ability to, to run and throw. And you said Syracuse can't win this game if it's one-dimensional. We know Notre Dame is not one-dimensional. Right. We know that Ian Book is back, well, and, and we, he's been great through the air. And we know, I mean, they ran all over Florida State. They ran for almost 400 yards last week against Florida State. And we also know that you can beat Syracuse being one-dimensional. Right? You you can beat yeah. this You can beat Pitt this defense. Clemson right. You can beat this defense being one-dimensional, as long as that one dimension is the run game. Uh, you know, we saw Ryan Finley come in, and they couldn't beat Syracuse being one-dimensional. They were able to win that game largely because of what Eric Dungey did offensively, but that's, that's not the point. Syracuse has to be multidimensional on offense, and they've got to find a way to slow down Ian Book. That, that defense, I think that's almost more important. The defense has to really step up and play like they did at the beginning of the year. Yeah, but I mean again, even if you, you know, make a concerted effort to stop the run against this opponent, they you know, they're good enough. They've got four receivers who who have caught more than 30 passes. So, he can spread it around. He can beat you through the air. They can beat you on the ground. Their defense is so good. It's only giving up again about 18 points per game against the better offenses. The more I think about it, I think Notre Dame is going to win this game by double digits. But Syracuse, if some things go right, if things break right, Syracuse can can be in there and potentially even pull off the upset. Yeah, I, I don't give them much chance to pull the upset, but I, I think that they'll be in the game. I, I, I don't see this team getting blown out. We haven't seen it yet. We haven't seen them really just out of a game yet, and I, I don't think it will. I don't think it'll be tomorrow. All right. First things first, though, we've got a basketball game to take care of this evening. It's Syracuse and Oregon, and then the football game tomorrow at 2.30 at Yankee Stadium. Seth will have pregame coverage uh, tomorrow along with Seth Everett. So we are out of time for Seth Goldberg. I'm Stephen Fonte. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you again on Monday.